Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. The college football national championship game is just days away, but also the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, and more are in full swing. Bet Online has all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out their Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. Hi, college football fans. We are in the wake of the first round of the college football playoff. And believe it or not, this year's college football national championship will be decided by two teams that will be playing in the Big Ten this year. The Michigan Wolverines and soon-to-be Big Ten participants, the Washington Huskies. Justin, if I had told you that like eight months ago, nine months ago, I forget exactly when the Washington news was announced that they were coming to the Big Ten, but like if I had told you that earlier in 2023, would you have just been like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yes. Yes, with what yes, what you dub. You dub, I'm surprised they're there. I'm actually not too surprised about Michigan. I don't know from the early in the season. From early in the season, I was like, ah, Michigan's the one that's like, uh, seeing how they built, been built, and even looking at the holes at Ohio State, when you see that they lost their main quarterback, they were like completely different teams. So there was just little areas where they strategically beat us, I think. But like Michigan, I always thought they had a very good team. But even Penix, like for him, the way that he he's developed, Bo Nix has developed, I think that just goes into what we see more of see more of developmental success in a microwave college football society. Everyone's thinking about, hey, fast, transfer here, going here. And we've seen like the players that are like peaking at this moment are guys that have had snaps under the belt. Even the Alabama team, I feel like that nucleus is going to be back moving forward. So that's something to look at. But yes, 
the Big Ten's gonna be a <laughs> a slaughterhouse. <laughs> you said it before, man. And like you know, like I said when I was at the Peach Bowl, they're chanting SEC, and now it's like, man, Bama just went down, and Texas, by the way, is gonna be a part of the SEC next year. So it's like, you know, two soon to be future SEC teams just went down to two soon to be future Big Ten teams. So it's kind of like, yeah. It's a little, it's a mild flex. It's all, there's a technicality to it, but it's like, ah, it's so, good for the conference. So it's funny. I was at a, I was at a party yesterday and um, so it was like the game was on. I, I watched as, I can't even say as a fan, I'm just like watching, but they were like, who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for Michigan or Alabama? And I was just kind of like, I'm just enjoying the good game. Back and forth. <laughs> like, <laughs> but there was like a part of me is like, I guess you could say if Michigan wins the national championship, does that make the 10 and three record look a little different? Where it's like, I'll oh, tell no, you what, for the national champion, <laughs> a, a nine point loss to the potential national champion doesn't seem so bad in retrospect. Does it guys? <laughs> <laughs> got our man, got our man, Mike, you at the crib. Like, that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> like, hey, hey, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I, I feel bad a little bit. A little I know, bit. right? I do too. That's what I'm saying because it's like if that happens. That's what my thought if I was him would be going, Yeah, we lost nine points, dude. Right. Oh, god. <laughs> um, like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us, and uh, we have some more developments on the social media front. Follow us and check out all of our content on X. Instagram and now TikTok at State of State Pod. Those are the same all across the board. Again, X, Instagram, and TikTok at State of State Pod. Thank you all so much for tuning in for what was a fascinating 2023 season for Penn State football. Fascinating, disappointing for plenty of fans, and certainly reasons for positivity going into 2024. Yes, certainly deflated by the Peach Bowl, but Moving forward into 2024, the transfer uh, transfer portal in terms of being able to put your name in the portal has closed. In regard to Penn State's roster, there was some news yesterday, uh, and this may fly under the radar for some Penn State fans, but Penn State defensive end Jake Wilson, who was a walk-on, or as James Franklin likes to refer to it, a run-on for four years at Penn State, has entered his name to the transfer portal. Uh, I, I know this is maybe not going to really excite that many Penn State fans or enrage that many Penn State fans. I personally just want to wish Jake all the best. He played four seasons at Penn State. Jake Wilson was named the Developmental Squad's Co-Defensive Player of the Year, played in 27 games. He has two years of eligibility remaining now that he's gotten his degree from Penn State. Justin, you remember your time at Penn State and that you got in. You were out after three years, but that was your plan. You got your degree. You moved on to the National Football League. I, I think this is one of the bright spots of the portal, NIL, et cetera, the extended year of eligibility because of the pandemic, because of COVID-19, is that a guy like Jake Wilson, who has been working his butt off for years for Penn State football as a walk-on, can go somewhere else. And I'm not sure what level of school he would go to, but he can go somewhere else. He can continue his education and he can maybe show somebody a little bit more tape and who knows where he could hook on. You and I were talking about the, the UFL, uh, the USFL and the XFL coming together for spring 2024, not to mention the National Football League, Canadian Football League. There's indoor arena football like who knows where this guy could wind up. I think this is a bright spot ultimately for modern day college football. I think that is a bright spot with the transfer portal is like that you can get someone that walks on to a, a prime school and they can get developed, whether it's to go to another school and play football, go to another school, mature, and you're just not dropped off from playing football, but it's more of that trend, like that seamless transition out of the game. And now, like you said, with the UFL, 
and well, not and another league, but the UFL, the Spring Football League, uh, coming to a, an agreement with their merger. That's a viable option for a lot of guys to have an avenue to make some money playing football. So it's a great opportunity. Um, I wanted to share something with you that I saw immediately after the Alabama-Michigan game, and this is regard to the transfer portal, is that uh, Alabama edge player Dallas Turner uh, declared immediately after that game for the NFL draft. And the quote that was provided uh, by Alex Scarborough of ESPN from Dallas Turner was, quote, I'm gone, ain't no if, ands, or buts about it. Now, I find this interesting because it, we're talking about the college football playoff, and obviously there's so much drama surrounding the selections this year, Florida State getting screwed. And then we all watched the two games on Monday, and we were like, man, they got it right. We, we feel bad for Florida State, but it's like, man, those were two fantastic games. And then you get something like this, and I, I don't want to put Dallas Turner on blast. He's making the best decision for his career that he can, and I'll give him his his runway, his leeway in that respect. The quote is interesting to me because it begs a question in my mind. With the present transfer portal, NIL, all these options that are out there now for players, what is the percentage of players that even are playing in the college football playoff, this four-team system, that are not that excited about playing in it because they want to go get their money in the league? I mean, you're still talking about a small percentage of guys, right? Like a small percentage of guys on those championship teams. I think Michael Penix, I think like these quarterbacks, I think they're trying to win a championship. Oh, right? I, like, I, I really do. But I, even when we come down to that, I think that's that's been a dynamic within college sports forever. Even when we saw Willis McGahee rupture his ACL on national TV in the um, national championship game and with that end up telling us that he still went first round. So it showed that like if you're good enough and you have extreme value, knock on wood that you don't have a career ending or you break your neck or something like that, but something like horrific, like a knee injury like that, where teams will still invest in you to come on board. I mean, ACLs and certain injuries aren't um, what they used to be, but I understand the cautious approach and the strategic outlook, especially when guys aren't making money in college. And that sometimes... I think is a is an art in how you approach it because there is a level like I'm kidding, development is the name of the game today, but there's a level of football where like like the toughness and calluses that you build up have to it's like good to see it all the way through, right? Like when guys were opting out of whole seasons, like we're talking about freakish guys like Michael Parsons, Jamar Chase, but like those times to continue to hit people and like toughen up before you get to the NFL is valuable. So like you get hurt in football when you're trying not to get hurt, when you don't, when you're not giving hundred percent and you're being apprehensive. The safest way to play football is to go hundred miles per hour and not worry about any injuries. Play loose. And so it's play loose. And that's like the, that's like the, that's the thing that's hard to balance because I know even Penn state was struck with guys at the start of the game saying that they weren't going to play where they were saying that they were going to play the entire time. But you know, people get into your air. How much is this game worth? I mean, agents are talking and then like, you're right. It's like, you've gone this whole time, 12, 13 years in some instances before you get to this moment. And it's like, I need this one game. And you know, every time you step on the field that it can end, your career can end, your life can possibly end. But now it gets really real. It's like, yo, there's one game left. So I can't 
fault the guys for feeling that way. But I remember playing at Texas A&M when I had already moved out of Nittany Apartments before I went to the bowl game and people saw me move. I'm like, wait, are you leaving? I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming back here. So right. like, I understood that feeling. But I remember playing the game against Texas A&M. There was just certain moments, right? Like they had a big run, like a big um, – what was his name? It was like a 300-pound Javorski. Oh, is that Javorski Lane? Javorski Lane. Like yeah, I remember 11. hitting him. Like, Monster. Oh, my God. There was a couple of times where he was coming to sidelines where I'm like, man, <laughs> hit him. Because then it was the thought came to my mind. was like, you can't put bad film on. You can't put a uh, bad tape out if you're trying to leave early. So it was like, uh, but I had the, those moments every once in a while just saying that it floats around when you're, you're deciding to you're leave. 100%. But I still think they care because, like, I cared in that game. Like, I didn't want to get a pass caught on me. I didn't want to miss a tackle. Like, you still play with a level of pride. You know what I mean? Tis the season for giving and gathering. And with HelloFresh, it can also be the season of saving. Actually save money this month with fresh recipes delivered, cheaper than takeout, and with pre-portioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. Justin, everybody is trying to save money. It's time for the holidays. I'd rather spend my money on gifts than tons and tons of food. Save money and time, which we can't get back, right? Especially during the holiday seasons. We'd rather spend time opening up our gifts with our kids and our significant others instead of running to the grocery store fighting people for, I mean, last minute chicken and turkey. I don't know what everyone eats on uh, Christmas, but thanks for HelloFresh for having these, you know, convenient and deliverable uh, services where we can get our grub on. Yeah, there's no need to fight. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfasts to start your morning off right to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love. HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. And the best part, no grocery store trip required. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LionFree and use code LionFree, that's L-I-O-N-F-R-E-E, -E, for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com lion free with code lion free that's l-i-o-n-f-r-e-e -E. hellofresh america's number one meal kit dental associates of northern virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. 
the Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's the thing that we have yet to see, however, in college football. And again, it's all it's all like, you know, it's history now because the 14 playoff is over. You're going to get the national title game on Monday, January 8th. So it's like, OK, there's that. But the 12 team playoff changes things. I even kind of touched on it with you in the lap last episode we did. It's like, hey, if you're on a seated team like six through 12, eight through 12, you got to be realistic that like if freaking Cincinnati gets in and they draw Georgia in the first round, how many guys from Cincinnati are going to be like, we're not winning this game. I'm going to the league. But there was, ah. no, but, but to that point that I'm making is Justin. No one has ever opted out of a college football playoff game. That would so hearing those little comments, and again, I'm not trying to say that Dallas Dallas Turner probably gave that quote pissed off because his team just lost in overtime. Probably he was relieved. He was probably relieved. He was probably, probably relieved. angry about the loss, as anybody would be, and probably to a degree relieved of like, hey, you know what? I'm going. And I'm, there's probably an element of him that regrets saying it in the way that he did. So I want to give him a little leeway there, like I said, but still no one has ever opted out of playing for a championship. And and you can kind of feel that undercurrent a little bit in that statement. A hundred percent. I completely agree. That's Alabama. Right. And I, I got to really like draw in for our listeners. Even when we talk about like some of the top teams and the top players that are going to the NFL, it's not just go to college and go to the NFL. So even when you say like a team, like a Cincinnati. I don't know if they're going to have guys like that's 98% of the guys on Cincinnati's team, their biggest game they're going to ever play in their football career. Even if they're a cohesive team, like those Boise state teams that beat Oklahoma state where the guy like, I think outside of Orlando Scandrick, Jared Zabransky. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, Orlando Scandrick might've been the one guy that Mm. went to to the NFL from that squad. I mean, he might've been, that might've been before him. Anyway, I'm showing my age, but to say that is that like a, a quality football team doesn't mean that there's NFL players. Those NFL players are far few in between and they stay within those same teams. Like when we talk about like, oh, the SEC is overrated. Da, 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 da. It was like this many teams lost when the NFL talent evaluators go in to find players to bring in, they're going to go to Ole Miss and they're going, that's when we start finding teams like, Hey, I didn't know that Ole Miss had two receivers like DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Like no one knew that when they were in college because it was just how talent rich, some of those areas are I'm, I, I digress I'm just saying good teams don't equal always equal great NFL talent that are looking to sit out especially if you're going to transition into 12 games I think that's going to be very interesting yeah I, I just think the options now are so immense and it's got to get there has to be some control taken by either the NCAA or the usually the last people to, they're always the last people to act so it's like oh they should do something it's like great we'll see in five years when you make up but your the, mind about it but the college football playoffs not an NCAA uh entity like it's right. not that's the thing is that this is you've got tv networks involved you have major sponsors involved you have the college football playoff you have the individual bowl committees you have the individual cities and the government around them that wants a major event in their city like it's really freaking complicated trying to figure this out, but it's but at the same time, it, it it shouldn't be this complicated. Pay the damn players a portion of the revenue 
and incentivize them to play in this game because otherwise you're going to get exhibition games like we just got for 90% of the bowl season. Because the, the, the real the real issue is, like, because everyone makes the coaches the bad guys in the situation because they have the crazy, uh, they have the crazy salaries and the buyouts and they're like the focus. The real villains are the administrators, man, because like they're not the ones, like they're the ones kind of handling the strings, doing the different deals, and they're not in the muck with the coaches. Like they, like those guys, the the amount of hours they put in, the emotional uh, fortitude it takes to deal with these kids, the families, like the coaching, everything that you take, like living in a microscopic like industry while you do your job, that job is worth, like they're getting paid what they should be getting paid. The players should be getting paid. So if there's ever any balancing out, we got to look at the administrators in this whole situation. We talked about the NCAA leadership. When it was time to lead, whenever like we had a situation in the history of the NCAA, they all felt like schools that left, even, I mean, Sandy Barber, before we got started here and just how we take leadership into the next moment, the NCAA in college sports is based on, you know, standard procedures like that's been set forever. So not being able to pay the players has been like is a flawed system, but it's like an easy system to operate. Now yeah. we're moving forward and running an actual business, which is where it's not like an exploitation farm. We get now we have to like put things in order, and it's like the administrators, their value isn't as high as we always seem them to be. Like the product is the product. There's the people that need to make sure the product operates, but outside of them, like you can get rid of them and just have donors. Uh, freaking be the owners of the teams and stuff like that and just keep it keep it moving if we want to keep talking about like what does this whole ecosystem look like i just don't see them having that much value at the bottom line but we all look at the coaches it's like hey this money them like man they have a real job what are they doing That's so i'm glad no i i agree with your point um i want to bring up a a tweet that made the rounds in the last few days following Penn State's appearance in the Peach Bowl. It's from a gentleman named Cameron Panas at Panas31. Um, he works for a PSU Barstool, uh, former, former president for Nittanyville PSU. So a uh, young man, uh, graduated in 2020. I hope I'm getting his last name right. Anyway, um, his tweet <laughs> got some traction in the Penn State sports community. His tweet said the following. What James Franklin did to the fans who spent their money to go to Atlanta was an absolute joke, telling them, the fans, that they will be at full strength besides Chop and Dixon and unsure on Olu. Then they end up with more opt-outs the day of the game than they start pulling starters in a three-point game at half is a disgrace, but I bet they will send out season ticket renewals this week. I mean, Lots fans have a... Yeah, well, for me, I mean, fans... Again, fans have a perspective on it, and I understand the gripe. It's hard for people to understand that two things can be true, though. Like, you can have a, a, a organization, and these are 19 to 22-year-old men that are making oh, decisions. I'm going to say kids. Let, let's be let's be fair. They're kids. <laughs> they are kids. They are kids, but, but about the end of stage where – they're getting influenced by agents and different people around mm -hmm, them. So I course. guess what I'm saying is, is both things can be true. Like he, like the fans can also be upset and it can also be true that James didn't know until like the day of that guys were going to sit out because like, even from like the linebackers, Adisa, um, Curtis Jacobs, just some of these guys, like, I mean, they're getting like, they're top in NFL players. And to the extent of 
that month from the last game, people are in your ear like, how long should you play? What's this? And you want to stay along with the team. We talked about the culture at Penn State and wanting to play. There's more probability of the players feeling bad, abandoning their teammates to say like, hey, I'm focusing on this. And they led everybody on up until the point was like, all right, I'm just going to play this much though. Like that's more probable than James holding back information to get fans to come down to the Peach Bowl and support because we're going to be at full strength. So I would think the fans would give like the benefit of the doubt that there was some curveballs like closer to kickoff. So you, not that you have direct information from, hey, Curtis Jacobs texted me and told me he's going to do this, but like you believe that under the current model with opt-outs, et cetera, that the players at Penn State are calling their shot of how much they are or are not playing. I mean, they have at this point, they have that leverage. Like it's a game where it's like, look, it's good for us to come. We're going to come to practice. We're going to be involved. We're not trying to break away. But sometimes playing on that fence, it it it, it lets everybody a little apprehensive and reactive instead of being able to be proactive because then you can plan accordingly. But if you don't, you're not planning on how long people are going to play. Like other guys have to get reps. People are prepared to play the game. And if that wasn't the case, maybe that's why we saw some of the things that we've seen. But we're talking about top three top four round draft picks here like those are the type of like i was that i mean that was my mental yeah. then like yeah. if joe paterno would have let me or if that was a coach i'd have been like yo let me get in this first half play a good time with my team and take me but that wasn't what we were doing killed by javorski lane yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying but like now it's just like because the guys could say we're not playing at all or they can be like johnny dixon and just not jump on the plane and not make an announcement at, or anything it's, that's almost better until you make the last minute decision or you kind of alter your playing time. Cause I think that's what we're thinking of is guys that play just a little bit of time. And the other element to this is that James Franklin is not going to publicize the availability or lack thereof of certain players because there is a competitive advantage so that the other team isn't aware of that. Cause you're trying to win a game at the end of the day. So there there's that complication. It's, it's not like going to see, you know, a live show or something like that. And it was like, oh, you know, this person was promoted to be there and then they're not there. It's it's just it's different. There's a gamesmanship quality to this. But at the same time, the comment made there, I sort of agreed with it in the episode we did the day after the Peach Bowl and that I flew down there. I went to the game. I had a wonderful time with the people I was with and I enjoyed my experience. But when it came to the product of what occurred on the field, I was like, I won't do this again because, by, like I said, by halftime, five or six of 11 defensive starters were out of the game. One was Abdul because of injury. Your two offensive tackles are out of the game as well. So I was like, this isn't us. This isn't the team that I spent lots of time watching this year. This isn't the team I went to see multiple times this year. Granted, 13,000 tickets were allotted to both Penn State and Ole Miss fans. If I don't go, somebody else is still going to go. I understand that. That's the largest living alumni base uh, in the world. But I, to a degree, I understand it. And another side of it, again, I continue to side with players. If they want to opt out and they want to take care of themselves, set themselves up for their future, generational wealth, if they are so lucky to go in the high end of the first round, first round, second round, whatever, I am on board with that. But Again, this is why I keep coming back to like there needs to be some sort of regulation with this. This needs to get shored up. That's that's fair. I mean, now we're all feeling understanding how Adam Silver feels when the superstars sit out of the games, right? Yeah. You got a product, you got a product that you're trying to sell, and then your best guys aren't there. 
And so that's why I think, I mean, again, I don't, cause I think what you said can still be true, right? Like you didn't enjoy your time because the best players weren't playing. And the reason the best players weren't playing is because you agree They're with making the right decision. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> so, okay, you know, I'm yeah. like, it's a bummer for me, but I'm happy for Olu to go get drafted and get his money. I mean, I think it becomes an exhibition game in another place where you're almost like, like an, uh, a luxury spring game to an extent where you're seeing the backups or the guys that are moving forward. Because I, I mean, Nick Singleton played hard. Atron Allen played hard. Regardless of how people feel about Drew, I felt like he played hard. Like both played, like guys were, the guys that played, Played, which you do don't want that at all because what i would have been pissed off about is if the guys that played or everybody was out there was kind of mm-hmm. like florida state or like they're at the nfl pro bowl and they're tagging off and not really giving effort that would have that would have irked me out because then that means that's how it was approached as an organization i just think we saw the pieces and coaches put guys in positions that they had to move around with with the variables of the nfl draft and the new age of college football so again compared across the board that I mean, and and we just to jump in when he's like asking for season ticket money. I mean, I think that's just a dynamic at Penn State that we have to continuously get over because, I mean, I mean, there's a level of support that that is needed for any program to succeed, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in like NIL because I think you look at a Michigan fan base, they support that team. They're probably one of the lowest when it comes to NIL participation, but it's more of a bot and mentality of what do we need? How do we approach it? And then we're all on the same boat moving forward, a unified message. And they're in a national championship. Looking at the, uh, the national championship picture altogether, Washington and Michigan, what both teams were able to do on the field. Um, again, I think what Michael Penix was able to do, I, I think he opened a lot of eyes. His draft stock, I think, went through the roof. Not that that is the greatest Texas secondary ever fielded, you know, but at the same time, he certainly did a hell of a job and has a crazy wide receiver core. So I am very <laughs> curious to see how this game goes against Michigan. Uh, in your opinion, who's the national champion? Just based on the situation, I feel like Michigan can go sideline to sideline with them. But when it comes down to it, I'm going I'm to have to roll with Michigan on this one. I just think up front when it comes down to it, bully ball is going to kick in as long as they can stay ahead of UW and not let them get too explosive. I'm going to tap my hat to Michigan. It's the challenge of this, and you were talking about how there's experience and that matters so much, and Michael Penix has so much experience, and there's been a lot of jokes made on social media about, oh, Bo Nix has played a million games. Sean Clifford played a million games. It's like, yeah, like – but it's proven that it's it's working, and this is why people are going into the transfer portal to get select players here to bolster their rosters. But I don't know. Part of me thinks Penix. Penix and the way that offense played, uh, Dylan Johnson getting injured there at the end of the game already came into the game with an injury, so I am very curious to see how that plays out on Monday night in Houston. But it's gonna, I feel like it'll be another dogfight, another competitive game, and that's, again, that's what we all wanted from this is – Please don't give us a blowout. Please give us a competitive game. And both these games came down to the last snap. It was crazy. I completely agree. And and UW is like an exciting team. I, I really like them. I mean, I, I like Penix when he was coming out of high school. It, and not to, well, yeah, to submit my point. But there's something about championship games when you have to get into the trances and that you can like – 
essentially rely on the trenches. I haven't seen you dub play stout defense or even running the ball up the up the middle. So when we just think about someone that does like a boxer that just doesn't take care of their body, you have another boxer that attacks the body is, you know, fights and games are based off of matchups and styles, right? So like I think the style I would lean towards Michigan, but everything you said, I also agree with. That's why I wanted to clarify. I was like, hey, I'm not against that point. Like, I agree, but like, you dub is looking crazy in the way that they're moving. But that's the reason why I think they can't beat Michigan. <laughs> the, and they're going to have to present something different, and that the way they were able to bottle up Jalen Milrow was going to is going to be very different than how they deal with Michael Penix. So I, I am very curious to see how that and, goes. And it did and seem Blake like. And Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, it did seem like kind of a one-man wrecking crew in terms of the pass rush for Washington, whereas Michigan, I think what the stat was in the first half, five people recorded sacks. So the Michigan, Michigan's doing very well right now, and I know that kills a lot of Penn State fans. Um, <laughs> to, to wrap up here, because I know you and I attempted on this podcast here just now to try and solve the college football world altogether, and I'm sure we nailed it just now. <laughs> um, look at, you know, Looking, again, focusing on Penn State, the whole point of this show, James Franklin and company just got done an absolute gauntlet. And, and again, I go back to the Michigan game. The second you fired Mike Yurcich, it began this domino effect of the last two games, co-offensive coordinators, and then you go get a new offensive coordinator and Andy Kotelnicki. Then you lose Manny Diaz as your defensive coordinator. He goes to Duke. Then you go and get Tom Allen. He's your new uh, defensive coordinator. All the while, the transfer portal's open. National Signing Day who's opting in, who's going to the draft, who's staying, who's going. Like, is this a moment where this coaching staff gets to breathe or is there no rest for the wicked? I mean, the second sign day is coming up, right? Like, yeah, second sign day, then you're, then you're on to the 24th. Like, it's really, that's why I made the comment of like, as we expand, like, they're, like they earn their keep, like the coaches, because like, it never stops. And it actually... Yeah, it really doesn't because you have to get the young guys that are coming in January up to speed. You have to it, – it's a lot. No, the 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 gas pedal doesn't get left off at this time of the, the time of the year. It actually picks up because you have junior days. You have all these different – like you're actually recruiting now. Now all the younger underclassmen that want to get a chance to see what Penn State's about, now you have zero weekends and you have to take people to champs while the lights are still up. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that they don't see any of the, the debauchery at night and stay There's calm. no debauchery in champs. Are you kidding me? No, take it's them to the beautiful. champs. Take them to the champs, uh, the, the champs outside of town and be like, this is champs. Yeah. This is, oh, God. Uh, yeah, take them to the champs on Atherton and just be like, no, 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 this is champs. I promise. But that's what this whole offseason is. It's essentially weekend. Just taking the guys to champs in the den. Taking people to champs, going over James's house for uh, socials with the parents. So it's this is now prime networking, recruiting time, to be completely honest. God, I miss college. It was such a good time. Uh, thank, thank you all for joining us. Uh, hop in the comment section. Let us know what it is you're thinking about, worried about, excited about when it comes to Penn State football or the college football playoff or just college football altogether. This is certainly a period of time where we as Penn State fans are sitting back and watching who the national champions are going to be on Monday night. Again, like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us, and hop on X, Instagram, and TikTok and follow us at State of State Pod. That's for all three of those platforms, X, Instagram, and TikTok at State of State Pod. He's Jay King. I'm Tom Hannafin. I don't have a cool nickname, but that's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> 
Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, let us know what you think of the show on social media and check out all of our content on X, Instagram, and TikTok. Search for the handle at State of State Pod. State of State is presented by Bet Online and by Blue White Outfitters. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.